Hit the bell for notifications. We appreciate when you do that. By the way, we have something really special for you on our YouTube page right now. A new message from a brand new presidential candidate. You're not going to want to miss that. Go to YouTube.com slash America to check it out. Glenn Beck is here to talk about how the Democrats screwed over Hawaii. Mitch McConnell has another incident in front of the press. I, I'll show you the video. It's unbelievable. This has got to stop. Uh, we'll get into that as well. But we start by doing upside down history. Yes, everything has been turned upside down. I don't know if you've noticed that in our country lately. That's kind of where we are and kind of day-to-day -day reality. I don't know how we got here. Even uh, for little kids, a uh, 12-year-old boy was booted from class over the Gadsden flag and the patch that he had on his backpack because of origins with slavery. I have a 12-year-old son. Uh, luckily, he's not at a school that's going to kick him out over that flag. But this is the type of stuff that's happening to kids all across America, even in districts that aren't completely insane. I mean, it's not just like, hey, you're going to school at Berkeley and, uh, you know, you're in that district and, OK, crazy stuff's going to happen. You're somewhere in Portland. Maybe you might think that's normal. But even in areas that aren't so crazy, this is starting to happen more and more and more over things that aren't things. Right. Kids do stuff that's crazy. Sometimes they get in trouble. Sometimes they don't understand the significance of a particular statement. But you do understand that the Gadsden flag is just a normal revolutionary symbol of this country. It goes back a very, very long time. This 12-year-old uh, was in uh, school, and his name is Jaden. And there was an incident with his backpack, and it has a pouch on a patch on it, and it just has the Gadsden flag. I mean, he has some other patches on there as well, but there's nothing that you'd say. It was no swearing, no uh, nothing uh, irres irres uh, irresponsible or disrespectful, nothing like that. This is just a kid's a real history guy, you know. And you, look, when you're young and you really know your stuff in history, like it's tough to shut you down because you don't have any fear. You're just like, screw it. I know what I did. I know what I did was right. You can see that attitude from Jaden in this clip. I want to show you this is behind the scenes recorded by, I believe, his mom, uh, the back and forth between the kid and the school after he got in trouble for this patch. The reason that they do not want the flag, the reason we do not want the flag displayed, mm -hmm. is due to its origins with the slavery and slave trade. That is what was, um, that's the reasoning behind them. No, the Gadsden blood. The don't tread on me. Okay. Which is the Gadsden blood. Okay. Um, okay, so he, he, um, he's, what's gonna happen if he doesn't take it off? He, I mean, he is able to go, I was actually just telling him like, I was upset that he was missing so much school. I'm like, ah, so I asked if can he just take his stuff out of his bag and go back to class? <laughs> like, I just want him to go back to class. The bag can't go back. It's got a patch on it because we can't have that in and around other kids. So that's what I was trying, and then he said you were close. So I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, it has nothing to do with slavery. That's like the Revolutionary War patch that was okay. displayed when they were fighting the British. Like, that wasn't, that's the revolution. Maybe you're thinking of, like, the, um, the, Confederate pet, our Confederate flag? Okay, I, so, I am here to enforce the policy that was provided okay. by the district, okay. 
and definitely you have every right to not agree with it. I mean, because yeah, yeah, the ACLU says that. that he's allowed to wear that if you like go on their website. I, I can have you speak to. Really I can have you speak to our Jeff Yoakum okay. again, okay. Um, and then he can refer you to our person at the district. Okay. Um, because, like I said, we're following district policy. I mean, this is just moronic. Now, first of all, the, the teacher who seems to be uh, trying to implement this policy doesn't seem to know anything about the flag or what's going on. I mean, I, and, and I don't mean that as an insult. I mean it as almost like a defense. She doesn't seem to have any idea. She's obviously been told by somebody that it's some really terrible flag and is going along with what she thinks the policy is. Obviously, this would be an insane policy because, of course, the Gatson flag isn't about slavery at all. I mean, if you know anything about the revolution, a good chunk of um, the Declaration of Independence was written uh, about complaining about the fact that slavery existed from Great Britain. That, that was a big focus of the first draft of the Declaration of Independence. As we've, sh I mean, we've showed you the actual copy of the document before on this program. Glenn has it in his little museum over there, uh, of course, because he has everything. But the point is... This is a, a ridiculous mishmash of history. You definitely get the sense that the kid, and certainly the mom, know a lot more about history than the teacher does. And that's a problem. Like when she says, uh, oh, well, you're talking about the, the, you know, don't tread on me flag. Yeah, that is the Gadsden flag. She doesn't seem to know that at all. I guess that's okay, unless you happen to be in the role of teaching kids history. I mean, you know, that, that's... Kind of weird. Now, one of the interesting parts of this is this was really revealed to me, at least by Connor Boyack. He's been on the show before. He's one of the guys who comes up uh, and writes the Tuttle Twins books, books we're big fans of, my kids are big fans of. He's been on the show before. Um, and it, the the kid here, Jaden, his his favorite book is one of the Tuttle Twins books. It's the one about Jekyll Island, um, talking about the history of the Fed. So, the, I mean, that's, you know, you know this kid's smart, right? Like, this kid's favorite book is about the Fed. Uh, you know, he's 12 years old. Now, I, my kids love these books. I don't know uh, if they know as much about history as this kid does. He seems to really know what he's talking about. Uh, and it's certainly the reporting from all around this. Now, we got a bunch of emails that came along with this. Let me show you some of them. Um, Mrs. Ms. Rodriguez, as, dis as discussed, I am providing you the rationale for determining the Gadsden flag is considered an unacceptable symbol. Uh, first cases of the EEOC required the complaint to be reviewed, uh, tied to the Confederate flag or other white supremacy groups, including patriot groups is what they say. It's tied to hate groups. These are all just links, some of them to like bl bad blogs I've never even heard of. A decision by Navy in 2016 not to, fly, to fly the flag. Again, this is something that someone just Googled, right? These aren't actual decisions. And when you go back and look at these decisions, uh, these, uh, in, in, you know, uh, these impressions that this has something to do with racism, like they're just claims from like the EEOC thing is an individual worker who said one guy he didn't like it was treating him badly by wearing this boy wearing a hat with a Gadsden flag on it. Like it's not a historic historian saying, no, this actually was uh, a hate symbol. Like it's just like news stories and links to blogs who, of people who had that opinion. Uh, which is amazing. Also, it has the uh, which un unacceptable items were used. Uh, and they say it could refer to drugs, tobacco, alcohol, or weapons, which I don't know exactly. I guess, I mean, people probably drank alcohol in the revolutionary period. Uh, I mean, so they certainly had weapons. 
So I don't know. Maybe that's what they're trying to do. Here's Connor Broyak's tweet about what happened after this, because they got they wanted some attention for this. They went to the local news. As you can hear, uh, the mom saying the video, Jaden wanted to stand up for his non-racist beliefs. So after he was kicked out of class, he asked his mom to take him to the news station to get the word out. He got the idea from a, a Tuttle Twins book. And they declined an interview, not particularly interested in the story. Of course, everyone else in America seems to be very interested. And the story blew up over the past 24 to 48 hours. And it's interesting to look back at this because we know, if you know anything about the Gadsden flag, you know it was not, very specifically, not a racist symbol. Um, They've been trying to change this over the years because some conservatives and libertarians have adopted this symbol as their own. They've decided, hey, like... We want a small government that's not treading on us all the time, so stop treading on us. We're going to fly this flag. And because of that, they've associated that with the right wing, and they associate the right wing with racism. Therefore, the Gadsden flag is racist. This is a, a, a windy trail to get to this point, but this is the direction they're going. The uh, New Yorker had a piece a while ago, the shifting symbolism of the Gadsden flag. And Uh, If you go through it, let me give you a little clip. The Gadsden flag is one of the at least three kinds of flags created by the independence-minded colonists in the run-up to the Revolutionary War, according to the writer and historian Mark Leibson, the uh, the author of Flag, an American Biography, which I've read so many times I can't even explain. Liberty flags featured that word on a variety of backdrops. The pine tree flag floated the slogan, an appeal to heaven over a depiction of a pine tree. Uh, Neither endured like the design of Christopher Gadsden, a Charleston-born brigadier general in the Continental Army. His was by far the coolest with its menacing rattler and provocative slogan. The snake, it turns out, was something of a colonial era era meme, which is really true. It kind of was. Evidently originated by Ben Franklin, who's my favorite founder. He's the man. Ben's the man. 1751, Franklin made the satirical suggestion that the colonies might repay the crown for shipping convicts to America by distributing rattlesnakes around England, particularly in the gardens of the prime ministers, the lords of trade, and the members of parliament, for to them we are most particularly obliged. The origins of Don't Tread on Me, Leibson summarizes, were completely, 100%, anti-British and pro-revolution. It is clear that the Gadsden flag originated in the Revolutionary War in a non-racial context. There's really no doubt about the history. Now, the New Yorker piece goes on and on and on to explain how... Uh, one guy at a post office once thought it was racist and uh, they were at patriot rallies in the Tea Party era and because we think they're racist, well, then the flag must be racist. They go to great lengths. Even the Encyclopedia Britannica has started to include this in their write-ups. At the beginning of the 21st century, the Gadsden flag resurfaced in popular culture. It took on libertarian undertones. Libertarian undertones. (laughs) That's supposed to be scary. Uh, But it was not initially attached to any particular ideology. Rather, it was used to represent a broad American ethos, including by Nike and Major League Soccer in 2006. But after the conservative Tea Party movement emerged in 2009, we always ruin everything. The flag became increasingly associated with the movement's right wing populism, with Tea Party rallies taking place during the presidency of Barack Obama, the first black president of the United States. So we had a rally when the president was black. So we're racists. Just remember these rules, because that's, uh, that's fascinating. Uh, rhetoric at some rallies occasionally took on racial undertones. Did link? Uh, evidence? Uh, source? Anything in the Encyclopedia Britannica? No. Uh, and then they say, by association, the Gatson flag was thereby tainted with racism in the eyes of some observers. Who? 
Source? Link? Who? Other than people who just wanted to sink, of course, Republicans because they didn't like their policies. I'm not even comfortable with the term right-wing populism when it comes to the Tea Party. That one has just been adopted like it's fact for sure. I don't think it was a populist movement. It was a movement of regular people. Uh, which uh, against the government, but is that always populism? I don't think that we're, that's not what the principles behind the Tea Party were. It's a long argument that we don't necessarily have to get into, but the bottom line is at no point during its entire history has the Gadsden flag been a racist symbol, never. And to kick a kid out of school because of this is particularly revolting. Now, Jared Polis is the governor of uh, Colorado. He is sort of seen, or talked about at least, as a Democrat but like not AOC, like he, he's the other side. Not, and, and Joe Manchin's another flavor. They're a little bit different. And Polis has sort of a libertarian streak to him. At least some people believe that. Uh, he decided to comment on this. Uh, he said the Gadsden flag, not a racist symbol, but a proud symbol of the American Revolution. Uh, he went on, that was actually a response again to Conor Boyack's tweet. Um, and luckily, eventually, after this kid is tortured and then thrown all over you know, the media for the last couple of days, we are getting a good resolution to this story. After going viral, the Colorado Springs School says the student can display the Gadsden flag. Uh, yesterday, the student returned with a patch still visible on his backpack. Following the district's direction, Vanguard administrators pulled the student aside so that they could speak with his parents and the district. Upon learning of these events today, the Vanguard School Board of Directors called an emergency meeting. From Vanguard's founding, we have proudly supported our Constitution, the Bill of Rights, and the ordered liberty that all Americans have enjoyed for almost 250 years. The Vanguard School recognizes the historical significance of the Gadsden flag and its place in history. This incident is an occasion for us to reaffirm our deep commitment to a classical education in support of these American principles. At this time, the Vanguard School Board and the district have informed the student's family that he may attend school with a Gadsden flag patch visible on his backpack. Look, that's a good outcome. And look, sometimes people are just wrong. Maybe they thought it was. Maybe they just equated it with the Confederate flag. And it is a great opportunity. I don't know if it's reaffirming what they previously believed, but it's, it's an opportunity for them to learn the actual truth and the history of what's going on and what happened in this country. So there's some good things that come out of this, I guess. At the end of the day, I think this, this little kid is able to say, look, I was able to stand up for what I believed in when I knew I was right and the, the outcome was correct at the end. That's good. It's good that other boys and girls around the country will see this video and learn that they can do the right thing and things will still work out in the end. Things, not everything is hopeless and, and terrible. I'm glad that this has turned out this way, but it shouldn't have never gone down this road in the first place. And it just is a, another reminder. Look, not everybody can afford private school. Not everybody can pull off homeschooling. It's not easy. But you realize that at the end of the day, if you're not really focused on what's going on in your kid's education, it's likely going to go awry in some way, some terrible, awful way. It's likely to happen. It's not guaranteed to happen. You might have a great school district and everything works out uh, from beginning to end. But I will say, you know, being able to put your kid in a school where you at least can know that they're getting, at the very least, uh, an actual education, let alone good principles and maybe, maybe some religious foundations behind that, if that's your thing. That's a really important thing. We talk so much about college. We talk so much about how these colleges have gone left wing. 
And of course that's important, but a lot of that happens after your son or daughter has gone through an entire education where their foundations are already set. And if you did a good job with those foundations, congratulations, you pulled off something very difficult, especially if you put them through public school. Because in public school, I mean, if you think about it, you wake up in the morning, you spend what, a half an hour with your son or daughter, you send them off to school, they spend eight hours there while you're at work, Maybe they have, you know, baseball or football practice after they do all their things. They get back. You have dinner with them. You hang out with them for maybe an hour. I mean, they're spending more time educating and spending more time forming your kids than you are unless you happen to be homeschooling. So you better be really sure with who you're picking to do that. And look, not everybody uh, can afford it. Sometimes it's difficult. I think we need to come up with ways, and this is happening across the country with school choice, where it's becoming much, much more affordable for, for that to happen. Look, find those places where school choice has passed. Push your local districts to pass it so that you can make it affordable for not only you, but people around you. And if it's borderline affordable, you're not sure you can do it, find a way. If you're close, figure it out. Find the way to be able to cut something out and make sure your kid is being taught by people you respect that are teaching you things and your kid things that are actually true. I mean, it used to be easy to do that, I think, in this country. It used to be, yeah, you send your kid to a decent school, you're probably going to be okay. Those days are gone. Look at these stories we cover every single day with you know kids being caught that gender doesn't exist and the founders are racist and the 1619 project and Ibram X Kendi and all of these things are all forming so many educators worldview. And then they're just bringing into that to your, your vulnerable nine-year-old and telling them how the world is. You could lose them really quickly going this direction. So again, not everybody can do it. Let's pass policies so that everyone can do it, put their kids in private school, if you can't afford that and you can do homeschooling, it's a great option if you have the tolerance and the temperament for it. Not everybody does. If you can't do that, fight hard to get policies passed to make it more affordable. And if you're on the borderline or you have the money to do it, don't feel bad. You're not going to regret it. I will tell you that. My kids being in a school that I, I trust has made an incredible difference, not only in the way that they have been raised, but also the way I feel about it. It's the best money I spend every year outside of Taco Bell. Taco Bell is the best money I spend every year. And then their, their schooling is the second best money I spend every year. It's worth it. Take the steps if you can take the steps. And if you can't, homeschool or work hard to change the policies in your area. Or honestly, I, what is it? You know, it's like a dozen states now have school choice programs. It might be worth looking into moving to one of them so that you can get there and take advantage of policies. Your tax dollars shouldn't go to make your kids uh, ahistoric nut jobs. Okay, they, it, you should be able to spend your money on your kids' education the way you want to. There is a revolution going on in this area right now, in policy-wise. It's an important one, and we're going to keep talking about it and doing everything we can to push these things through. But do everything you can for your family to make sure your kids get the education they deserve. Hey, if you're like, hey, you know, that sounds like a good idea. Maybe I should move to a state that has school choice or a good pub, uh, private school that I can send my kids to that's affordable. Maybe I'm going to do that. When you do that, let me just offer you Real Estate Agents I Trust. Realestateagentsitrust.com is a website. You go there. You put in where you are, where you're looking for an agent, whether you're buying or selling a home, either side of the transaction. And they will provide the best agent for you in your area. 
it's a really simple concept. And a lot of people will think, oh, yeah, I mean, I'm already spending so much on a house. I got all these fees already. I don't want to go through that process. This is the thing. It's, a, it's free to you. This is a free thing for you to get a real estate agent. So why not take advantage of it? Someone's gone through all the results and all these people's profiles and found the best agents for you. It's realestateagentsitrust.com. The name kind of says it all, realestateagentsitrust.com. It's realestateagentsitrust.com. I'm joined now by Glenn Beck. He has a brand new special coming up next at 9 p.m. Eastern tonight. It's Tragedy in Maui, How Left-Wing Government Has Failed Hawaiians. Be sure to stay tuned for that. I want to get into this in just a second, Glenn. Mm. But can we start with uh, this week on radio, which has been a, kind of a weird week. We were talking about this off the air. Last week was the debate and the mugshot and all of that. Yeah. And this week has just been kind of weird. I feel like there's been important stories, but nothing like that. You did, however, talk to the former president of the United States, Donald Trump. <laughs> so amazing. Somebody said to me, wow, you had yesterday. Wow, you had a really big day. And I was like, I did? I mean, yeah, you talked to the president. And I was like, oh, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. He <laughs> <laughs> did. Uh, yeah, I, I, I thought he was... I thought he I thought he said a lot yeah. in, um, in many ways. I mean, when you have... What did I have, nine minutes with him? Something like that. Yeah. Um, so I had nine minutes with him, and I had five or six questions to get to. And Donald Trump can monologue, and it is extraordinarily difficult in nine minutes to get to any questions. Especially with him on the phone. With him on the phone. Um, and uh, I think I got to four of them, and I, here's, here's what we learned. Uh... Yeah, he will put people in jail from here on out. Uh, if you've done something wrong, he's not going to play, you know, uh, the parliamentary rules because you've now violated it. You've shown what you will do. So yep. fire meet fire. The step to that is interesting because he's been getting hit by some of the other campaigns on this particular point that he promised lock her up, lock her up, lock her up throughout the campaign. He did the right thing by not. Two weeks after the campaign was saying, ah, oh, that was just for the campaign. You know, we're not going to do that. Uh, they're good people. And all the people are stringing together the clips of him saying how good people the Clintons are. And, you know, actually they're and like that is a has been a piece of pushback from other candidates. And he seems what to other have, candidates. I, I Republicans. Have, yeah. Well, other people get him in the primary saying he didn't leave he up did to his the word. right thing. Well, he did the right thing. You don't. You, this is not what we do. We don't put our political foes in prison. We don't. And our government had already investigated and already said, nope, she shouldn't go to prison. I think she should have, but not because she was running against the president, but because she deserved to be put in jail. The, the cronyism kept her out of jail when anybody else would have gone to jail. I don't mind putting people in prison, politicians in prison, but not for political purposes. Right. How and do you going se separate back, that out, though? Oh, yeah. well, you, couldn't, you couldn't do it with her because it, it had already gone through the government. And yeah. they said, you know, she already had her trial, if you will. Um, and I just don't think you can go back and do that. You know, you can impeach. And you can put people in jail. Like, I think Joe Biden belongs in jail, but not because of uh, political reasons, but because I truly believe he broke the law. 
Joe, um, um, Donald Trump, when they were saying he was doing all these things with Ukraine, I said if he did those things, he mm -hmm. should be impeached. Not in jail, because it wasn't a law, but he should be impeached. But we're just taking impeachment, and I think it's overwhelming the system. I think they're taking impeachment, they're taking, you know, breaking the law, they're taking the court cases, and they're just flooding the market with this. So it means nothing. I mean, look at they've made uh, Donald Trump for a lot of the country into some criminal, like literal mastermind criminal. That's what they think. He should go to jail. They got to get him on something. He should go to jail. For what? They can't. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Yeah. They can't articulate it. That's a real problem. You ask somebody why Joe Biden should go to jail. I, I can give you a list and give me a few minutes and I'll get you the U.S. code showing you where he broke the law. That's different. Um, Trump's response to that was basically that he would reverse this policy, though, right? Like he thinks this time, because of what they're doing to him, mutually he would assured have to, destruction. He would have to change it. Mutually assured destruction, I think, is what he's um, talking about. He said, you know, uh, I, I think his exact quote was, "Yeah, they're doing it to us. We must respond." Mm. Um, and I don't know how I feel about that. I mean, if it is literal broken laws and they're not like ah i'm gonna prosecute him to the fullest extent because he jaywalked on a saturday when the traffic's <laughs> you know all that right. crap that because that's what they're doing to trump yeah none of that none of that but if you have taken uh you know and taken state secrets out of a skiff cut the top off so you could transmit it over, you know, over the internet and then put it on your home server. Yeah, you go to jail. Because if I did that, I'd go to jail. Um, let's talk about the general sense of things right now with, with Trump. Because I think the question now is not whether Trump is the favorite or whether Ron DeSantis can be uh, so good at his job as a campaigner that he's going to overtake Trump. I mean, the gap is really, really wide. So, of course, these candidates have to try to criticize Trump's record in some way. If they do say nothing, then they're not going to be president. If they attack him head on like Chris Christie, they're also not going to be president. They're all trying to walk this impossible line. I was watching online um, uh, some a video that was like some candidate put up there you know, to attack Trump. And it was about his record. It was showing, it was stitched together all of these pieces of Anthony Fauci saying Donald Trump did the right thing. He listened to me every time I walked in there. He he was he did a great job. The first time I went in there, he never told me no on anything. He listened to me every single time. And as I'm watching it, I'm like, why why do they have the Trump text thing at the top? Like why why would you do that if you're an opposing candidate? And I realized it wasn't an opposing candidate. It was actually a Trump Trump ad from 2020 bragging about how much support he had from Anthony Fauci. And you realize, first of all, how fast things change. I mean, it really happens quickly. Mm -hmm. But it seems to be that area is almost the only vulnerability with his audience, if you're another Republican. That record is shaky to most of the voters. And just because I feel like COVID's so far in the, in the rear mirror, it's not hang working. On. Why is it shaky? Why is it shaky? Why is his record shaky? Yeah. Well, I mean, he kept Anthony Fauci. Uh, I mean, he was praising Anthony Fauci in November of 2020. I mean, that's really right. late. In for November that of 2020, um, before the vaccine, mm -hmm. did we know what we know about Anthony Fauci today? I mean, I think 
we were all pretty skeptical, certainly that he should be the one making these decisions. What decisions? uh, Recommending mass shutdowns and... Right, uh, but the president didn't do that. He didn't do that. Well, I mean, he was up on stage saying 15 days to slow the spread. Right, but he didn't... He He would not take the dictatorial step... No. ...to say... We're shutting this nation down. You've got to take the vaccine, et cetera, et cetera. The real draconian stuff began to happen um, around that time. And then after the election, it got really horrible because we had the vaccine. And that's when you must take the vaccine. You've got to do this. But the vaccine, I, 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 I mean, the, the time things were worst, dur- worst during COVID was when Donald Trump was president in March and April into May of 2020. Right now, he didn't force states to lock down. They all kind of did that on their own technically. But the, the, they did it based on the suggestion of the people Donald Trump put in front of us every day yes, in press conferences. I agree with that. I agree with that. He shouldn't have listened to Fauci. And I think he said that. I think he may have said that in our interview. Mm -hmm. Shouldn't have listened to Fauci Mm -hmm. for so long. But I think his record, if you look at it, and I don't remember, I'd I'd have to go back and look at all of the events of the day. But I don't think it was until June, July, that we were all saying, okay. But we were talking about our states. Yeah, no, the states not were, the United States, mm-hmm. the states. Well, I mean, Trump was taking heat from the mainstream media f- for encouraging people to open up too quickly. Correct. But remember, Trump also publicly criticized Kemp in Georgia for opening up too quickly. Oh, I know. I mean, he he I know he was know. on this bandwagon. We can't we can't no, whitewash I, it from history. I won't. But it's different than it was a year later. It's true. It was very different a year later. Once the vaccine was out, that's when. All of a sudden, we became a police state. You will take the vaccine or you won't have a job. Mm. What, what are you talking about? Yeah. Um, let's go over to Maui because you've got us showing this tonight. Uh, I, look, as far as I understand, it's uh, global warming's fault. Yeah. A fire hurricane right. is what the governor said it was, mm-hmm. uh, which is not a thing. Um, but we're now learning more and more about what actually happened here. And it seems to be local government heavily involved in every aspect of the failure. Well, it is the local power exchange, which is private uh, a, a public a yeah. public-private partnership, mm-hmm. um, so it's government-influenced. Uh, they had rejected doing anything that everybody had recommended to them for years. Whatever you do, don't do this. Well, they did that, and where they were supposed to do this, they didn't do that. Um, and so it was completely unavoidable, completely, unav- uh, completely avoidable. This did not have to happen. Power company is now taking blame for the fire, um, even though they cleaned up all the wires before an inspector could come. That's strange, mm-hmm. isn't it? Um, very, the fire very department, tidy. Yeah, very tidy. Very people. tidy. Mm-hmm. The fire department is blamed because they didn't get the water in time. Well, but that comes from the Hawaiian government, who were protecting the indigenous farmers for the indigenous plants. They have a law that you can't hurt those uh, those farms. So they had to get permission from the farms to release the water. No, I'm just, I'm sorry. I'm going to release the water now. Um, but they didn't. So it was a series of this political machine, all progressive, meant to protect everything except people. 
and then just really stupid and I think some bad people in charge. And so still they won't let a lot of people to their houses. They still won't really no. update people. And the latest is they're now blaming Christian missionaries. I don't know how. Christian missionaries? Yeah, we'll have more on that tonight. Oh I heard God. that as I walked in to your studio. And I, I was like, is that because they had a tongue of fire on their head? What? what right. What, what, Maybe. You never know with these Christians. Christian missionaries. Yeah. Um, and also, like, I hate to end on a very somber note here, but, like, they keep saying 115 people died in this fire. Like, this number's a lot higher than that, isn't it? It'll be 1,100 or 1,200 people dead. That's incredible. And I, I don't know why they don't. I mean, I guess until you have the bodies, you can't be you declared sure. dead, mm -hmm. you know, for I think, what is it, two years, four years, something like that. But th there are hundreds and hundreds and hundreds dead that were just incinerated. Mm. Um, can you give one quick word uh, before we go to about what Mercury One is doing here? Yeah, we are uh, fighting wars on two fronts. Um, we are in Maui, and um, because of our generous donation of our, our listeners. Um, we are providing all kinds of things. Um, we had uh, Greg Lorion, who is the head of uh, Harvest Church in Maui. He's the guy from the Jesus Revolution movie. Mm. Um, he, they are providing a lot of stuff because Mercury One is helping them. We're working with Samaritan's Purse, the Billy Graham uh, organization working with a lot of people on the ground, um, just trying to get them the supplies and the things that they need. We're also in Florida. Um, and as of this afternoon, early afternoon, um, was the last I checked. And we were, we had people, our partners that were staged, but not, that I know of not acting yet until everything, but that was early this afternoon. And 100% of the money that you donate Every goes, penny mm -hmm. goes to uh, the local people that can make the biggest difference. I think that's the thing you have to learn about Hawaii. These big bloated progressive governments, they don't, they don't act in your interest. And if the government is the solution and is the problem, who do you go to? You know, who do you, there's no place to run when the government is the last stop and they're the ones inflicting the harm. Who's going to slap them on the hand? Mm. So you never get out of that cycle. That's why we don't uh, recommend, hey, higher taxes for FEMA. Instead, give it to the local people. They know where it should go. Mercuryone.org is the place to go. Mercuryone.org. Glenn, thanks so much for coming on the program. So Mitch McConnell had another incident today. We've talked about the previous one. He just stopped in the middle of a press conference and froze and just stared blankly into space. This is really, really sad. I'm going to show you the video now. Here's what happened today. What are my thoughts about what? Running for re-election in 2026. Oh, that's right. Blankly staring here. That was aid picks this up. Did you hear the question, Senator? Running for re-election in 2026? does not react at all, still keeps blank, blank. All right, I'm sorry, you all, we're going to need a minute. Yeah, we're going to need a minute. Other aide comes over, talking. 
trying to get him going again. Just still sit, blankly standing there. Okay. Somebody else have a question? Please speak up. Now, look, if you're an aide, it's a smart thing to say, uh, yeah, please speak up. He just couldn't hear you, even though I just screamed the question into his ear 10 seconds ago. This keeps, I mean, I guess he thinks, they think he can keep going. I don't know why. Uh, and here's how this kind of ends. Senator Daniel Cameron, uh, you have a comment on Daniel Cameron? Well, I think the government crisis is going to be very close. Uh, far and away, the best candidate we could have nominated. And uh, I'd say it's become increasingly Republican. In fact, the government is going to become a bad left. He's kind of just mumbling here. Hard to make out well, what he's saying. But he is seemingly talking about. Yeah, I think we can do one more. Senator, what is your reaction on Trump's latest indictment? Would you support him as a nominee? It's a question about Trump. Yeah, I'm not going to comment about the presidential race. Either on the Republican side or the Democrat side. Okay, thank you all. Okay, <laughs> Thank you. Sorry, thank you. And then he's kind of walked off, looks very ginger. I, look, we said this about Dianne Feinstein when this was going on. Uh, we said it about, uh, we've said it about Joe Biden before. There's no, no reason to be in this role. Um, but we'll also say it about Republicans. This is a disgrace. I, I feel really sad for Mitch McConnell. Um, you know, I, I, I think he's obviously going through a process that we all get to at some point. But you should not be the Senate leader when, when this is going on. You should not be in the Senate at all. Uh, he should be out of leadership by the time you hear my voice say that sentence. This should be over. This is the second time this has happened. One time, I said it when it happened one time, it was enough. And it's not even an anti-Mitch McConnell sentiment. It's not an anti-Dianne Feinstein sentiment. It's not an anti-John Fetterman sentiment. These people are incapable. Their brains don't work. When your brain doesn't work, you can't have this job. We should all be able, this should be obvious to every single American, regardless of party. Now, the way this works, he should, look, out of leadership immediately. I understand that there's some uh, process that needs to go on when you're talking about a Senate seat. There are other considerations with party and everything else. This is why Dianne Feinstein remains, right? Um, but in this particular case, it was Mitch McConnell himself in 2021 who helped push a law through in Kentucky that said, instead of having the governor, which is now a Democrat, just pick who the next senator would be in this type of situation, there is, the party of the senator um, uh, will go through and bring a list of three senators to the table, and then the governor will pick from that list of three. So you'd get a Republican. It wouldn't change the balance. This has to happen. Let this poor guy go home and live out the rest of his days with his family. It's a disgrace, and it's an embarrassment, and it should end today. couple stories I want you to make sure that you're aware of. Um, in D.C., remember the Heller case. This was the case that allowed people in D.C. to carry guns, uh, have guns to protect themselves, handguns in the city, um, went up and, of course, was a positive Second Amendment ruling. Um, 
that went on and they kept arresting people for a lot of stuff, um, including one uh, woman, Maggie Smith, a nurse from North Carolina, was pulled over by D.C. police for a routine traffic stop in June of 2014. She had no criminal record. She told the officers about the gun that was in her car. They, of course, arrested her, seized her gun, took her to jail and acted like she was a terrible criminal. Well, now D.C. is going to pay five point one million dollars in settlements. Uh, This is for multiple victims, but a very good thing showing that you can't just ignore constitutional rulings uh, when when you don't like them. Uh, So this has now been backed up by future rulings, but a good outcome uh, for that in the Second Amendment. Another uh, kind of. I think it's a positive development. Remember Fukushima? This is the uh, the nuclear plant that had the uh, t- you know the uh, tsunami, and there was a, f- a fear that it would melt down. Didn't actually wind up causing really much damage at all. The actual nuclear plant, of course, the tsunami caused tons and tons of damage. More people were killed by the evacuation, though, of the uh, area than uh, when it came to the actual power plant. What's fascinating about this is. They're now going to be releasing all of this water that was used to cool Fukushima all these years. They have nowhere else to put it. So they're going to release it back into the Pacific Ocean. They say they filtered it. I guess it went through like a serious Brita. And there's no more nuclear uh, particles. But of course, everyone around there is freaking out, including China. And the way they're dealing with this is they're now prank calling Japan. Over and over. <laughs> it's true. Crank calls and stone throwing. Chinese harassment hits Japan over Fukushima water release. Look. I don't think prank calling somebody is very nice. Uh, Certainly throwing rocks at them, not very nice. But what I will say is it's better than the last time China and Japan disagreed over something. That got really ugly. So let's just keep the crank callers going and keep world peace, even though our phones might be a little bit more annoying. A candidate came into the fray last night and we uh, debuted it on our YouTube channel. You can check it out there. Uh, Really kind of going viral right now and it's uh, kind of fun to watch. Lots of your comments rolling in as well. Uh, That was more informative and worth my time than the actual debate. Hmm. You will make the best looking blonde candidate, even though there have only been a few presidents that were blonde. You're starting a new trend. Hmm. Interesting to uh, the candidate James McDice. This is the greatest campaign ad ever. Bloody awesome. Well done, Stu. Uh, so wrong, but I laughed all the way through. I don't know what they're talking It's a wonderful, wonderful campaign commercial. The thing is, if McDice runs as a Democrat, he'd have a good shot at winning, maybe as Joe's VP. Uh, finally, a candidate for the people. That's right. That's James McDice. Oh, my God, this is your best content ever, Stu. Please give us more of this. I would like to. That would be a lot of fun. Why not? You can't be any worse than what we have now. Yes, this candidate winning probably would be preferable to Joe Biden. Anyone but Joe Biden. Have I told you this lately? Have I told you lately that I love you? There we go. Anyone but Biden, 24. Get your stuff at uh, stewdoesmerch.com. Stewdoesmerch.com. Code is Stu10. You'll save 10%. Got mugs there, too. We're having some new stuff being printed up as well. Uh, some more comments on this. By the way, go to youtube.com slash and watch it. Share it with your friends. It's a great, uh, great piece of content. I think you'll like it. Trump McDice ticket. Hmm. Would be entertaining, to say the very least. Not horrific like the current dummies. I mean puppets. No, I mean dummies. Uh, absolutely more of this. Or it's ilk. Please. Everyone loves this kind of ilk. Uh, James McDice, 24 ever. Mm-hmm. That was right on the money. You got my vote. Can't wait to see them all cry when they see your new candidate. Uh, best thing Stu has done to date. Thank you very much. You got my vote, James. No question about it. Actually, you have all five of my votes. Anybody but Joe. James is number one. You got my vote. Anybody but Biden, 24. And, sir, you have all 11 of my mail-in ballot votes. Actually, all 14 of them. Uh, can go into James McDice. It's available right now, youtube.com slash America. 
Uh, go check it out. I think you're going to like it quite a bit. And we will see you tomorrow.